to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Ted Shuttlesworth back with you on Worship Wednesday. Good to have you listening, and uh, I'm really excited. This is something, and it seems like I say that every week, but I really am. I love the podcast, and today I've got something for you that I think is going to be, for me, it caused me to be very introspective. I hope it does the same for you. Um, Introspection, by the way, is a good thing. Um, Looking inward and evaluating where you are uh, and where you're headed is an excellent thing. It's one of the things that successful people do often. What's working in my life? What's not working in my life? What could I do better? How could I do it better? What can I establish as a routine that would make it better? And um, this podcast, even studying for it, has definitely made me do that. Uh, Look inside and determine I could be doing things better. And so today I want to talk to you about five worship-related things that I would do differently. If I looked back, I mean, I've been doing it for 20 years, so I was looking back and thinking to myself, like, what would you do if you went back and started again and could literally tell yourself, you know, if you could, you know, tell yourself what it would look like 20 years later, if you could give yourself warnings, if you could give yourself advice um, back starting out, what would you have said? And I really came to the conclusion there's five things that I would have told the young me as a um, worshiper um, in context of as a musician and a singer. So whether you're either one that you are, all five will apply to you um, today. So I want to get into that. I want to start by just giving a quick shout out to Grace Houghton. Um, at World Harvest Church, you probably just jumped hearing your name right there, but uh, I appreciate the encouragement. She shot out some encouragement for the podcast today and meant a lot to me. I always appreciate you guys that are listening um, to the podcast faithfully, and it means a lot to you. And guess what? It means a lot to me too. And I want to just say publicly, thanks, Grace, for shouting me out and thank you for the encouragement. Um, it means a lot. It really does. And I appreciate it. Love you guys for listening. I really consider you part of the Miracle Word family. And I love coming to you twice a week to be able to do it like this and uh, just kind of give you inside information. And I really appreciate all the people that write back and come in with suggestions, things you'd like to hear. I love the interaction. So thank you, guys. And um, yeah, that's what I wanted to say. It's very, it's just a very transparent moment, guys. (laughs) No. All right, let's jump in. (laughs) Five worship-related things that I would do differently. Now, I started very green. I knew nothing about worship. Um, literally, it was something that the Holy Spirit gave me as a gift. And, and I, I just had such a strong desire to be involved in praise and worship. I had such a strong desire to praise the Lord and to worship the Lord in this way uh, by playing and singing that I just jumped right in. And really it was God that opened the doors for me to jump right in. Um, You know, God, I definitely was faithful over a little (laughs) to start because uh, this is how I started is after I had hands laid on me by brother R.W. Shambach uh, to receive that gift. 
God anointed my mind. He didn't, if you've heard me ever give my testimony about this, he did not just allow me to have the ability to play and I had no idea what was going on. He anointed my mind to learn. He anointed my mind to retain knowledge. So it really came down to a study to show yourself approved type of principle to where I had to press in with my gift and study and examine others and what they were doing. And I had a hunger to learn. And the more, the more I learned, it's just like God anointed my mind. I never forgot it. So that's, that's how it came about. But I had a hunger and a desire. I would come home. Um, I still have the very first keyboard that I ever was given um, by the Blay family in, in the Chicago area. They gave me a Roland D50 synthesizer, which now is like one of the greatest uh, vintage synthesizers you can own between that and the Yamaha DX7. Those are like the two greatest vintage synths from the 80s that were on like every album that you bought in the 80s had one of those two synthesizers making the tracks for the album. Really, really amazing. So I literally still have that board with the memory card that has the sounds here at my house. It's amazing. It has, it only, but it only has like 64 sounds on it. It's crazy. Um, but anyway, I got that keyboard, came back and in West Virginia, I would put that up in my room and every day when I get home from school, I would go up there, pop the headphones on and just play, 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 play. Um, and, and just had a desire to learn more, 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 more chords, more songs, everything like that. And then my youth pastor asked me to start a youth band for our youth group and, and, um, you know, with no experience, really God helped me to put that together. And, um, I grabbed a drummer. I got my friend, Adam played guitar. Uh, my friend Bill jumped on the bass and, um, we just went at it. You know, it was, it was a four piece band. We went and we had, you know, we had singers. I think we had a couple of singers, uh, but we just went at it every week in youth group. And, you know, there might've only been 20, 30 kids in attendance, but we were faithful, man, faithful to practice, um, to, to do what God called us to do and use our gifts for him. Um, staying up and cleaning up after we were, we were wrapping cords. I mean, we were properly wrapping cords, putting away sound equipment, staying late, setting up early. So faithful over a little, and God knew that he could make me a uh, ruler over much later on in life. You know, you don't just jump into these things from nowhere. You have to have a faithfulness. So I started that way. And I, I told you that story to start just to let you know, I was extremely green. Like, you know, I knew nothing about anything technical ability. I had none. Like I didn't have any training. I've never had training. Everything that I have, the Lord has blessed me with. Um, so I've had to, as I said, study to show myself approved, not just to play and to sing, but everything, music theory, how to lead others, all these other things I had to press in and study. God's helped me and God's anointed me, but it's not like I went to a music school um, or, or, or had musical training from a university or anything, nothing like that. So looking back, here's the advice that I would give myself and that I would definitely give you, especially if you're just starting um, in the worship arena at your church or however you're doing it. Five things I would do, and I, I would encourage you to write these down because um, these will definitely help you. I've gotten, I've gotten into these as I've gone through the 20 years, but I definitely did not start with these um, back then. So number one, the very first thing that I would do differently in a worship related environment is that I would have established a warm up routine early on a warm up routine. If you don't have a warm up routine, I would it, it, like seriously encourage you to get one like 
if you're a singer, you need to be definitely warming up your voice <laughs> ahead of time. It's crazy that like I've sang for 20 years and it's got to be supernatural. Like I don't lose my voice. People are, I've had people like marvel at that fact that I could sing for an hour and then preach for another hour and then lay hands on people and declare over stuff for another, you know, 45 minutes. And my voice is just as strong. You know, I, I don't lose my voice. It's just supernatural. But where I suffered was I wasn't able to stretch my range um, as early on as I should have been. So early on, I was having um, several issues here and there where, and it wasn't just from singing. I'll, I'll get into this in a minute, but it wasn't just singing. It was also um, not putting myself in the position um, to sing the songs in the best key for myself. So it, it wasn't just the fact that I was singing that was causing my voice to get raspy. It was the fact that I was trying to do things with my voice that I could not do at the time. And I, I attribute that to lack of a warm up routine. And um, it's really been good. You know, God puts people in your life to help you. And um, I really am thankful for Miss Jenya Jackson, who is the praise and worship leader here at Abundant Life Church, where we are. Um, she's very disciplined and dedicated. Uh, she's a technical master class. That's why we have her, you know, teaching at Worship Summit. But she recently really got on me about not having um, a steady warm up routine. Of course, I don't leave worship anywhere near as much as I used to when I was the music director um, at Dominion Christian Center. But I'm still leading worship quite a bit. But she got on me. She was like, what warm ups do you do? Like what? I was like, oh, none. <laughs> like when I'm practicing the songs before the service, that's my warm up. And she just like shook her head and looked angry at me. No, she's not like that. But she was like, let me help you. And she sent me um, a warm up from Apple Music that she does all the time. And I started doing it a few weeks ago. And man, does that stretch you and get you like totally prepared and ready. Like I felt before we even started practice, like I feel halfway through a service normally. It's like, oh, my voice has opened up. We're ready to roll. Like I felt like that at, you know, 830 in the morning before we even started practice. So it's I'm very, very surprised at myself, especially being a, a stickler for things that I didn't early on establish a warm up routine for my own voice. And it doesn't just warm your voice. But the other thing that can happen, too, is that it stretches your range, which I, I did not have at an early age in an early time. My range should have been being stretched um, much quicker. And it would have helped me, too, when doing songs like one of the things that I would do is, uh, and I think this was just a bad habit from starting out playing by ear, is that I would always force myself to do the songs that we would do in the key that they were on the album in instead of transposing the song to a key that I would sing it in. You know, I would just force myself to, you know, sing it in whatever key that somebody did their album in. And that was a mistake, obviously. You know, and of course the internet was not anywhere to like what it is right now, where you could just go on a website like, you know, <laughs> multi-tracks or uh, CCLI or any of these websites and download the chord chart and like change it to your key or whatever. So I, I just did that and it was a mistake because I was straining, like really, really straining really hard to try to hit these notes and, and you know, I'd have to sing harmony sometimes because I couldn't even reach the melody note and all this stuff, just destroying my voice. So I would have definitely, number one, established a warm-up routine for my voice and a warm-up routine for myself as a musician. So if you're a musician, you play the guitar, the bass, the drums, 
um, the keyboard, the xylophone, the kazoo, whatever you're on, develop a warm-up routine for your instrument as well. It'll be a massive help to you. Get your fingers going. Um, there's all kinds of things that you can uh, do as a drummer. You can do paradiddles. I believe that's the the correct, the correct term, um, paradiddles. You can do all kinds of different little, uh, warmups on the drums. You can do warmups with your fingers for bass and guitar and keys. Um, there's all kinds of things you can get on the internet, but warm yourself up, be ready to roll. Like don't make your first two songs of the service, your warm up. I mean, literally be ready to rock and roll, um, before you do anything. And so I want to encourage you guys, if you don't have a warm up routine for your voice or for your instrument, Get one quickly and establish it. Make it part of your life. Number two, the second thing that I feel is very, very important that I should have, I think, developed earlier is establish a development plan. Establish a development plan. What do I mean by that? Well, um, without a doubt, you're gifted by God. That I mean, the gift that you're using for God was given to you by God. And so if he gives you a gift, he expects you to curate that gift. He expects you to advance and increase that gift. You can find that principle in Matthew chapter 25, where the Bible says that the master gave his three servants talents and uh, one got five, one got two, one got one. The master went, went away on a trip. When he came back, the one with five had doubled it to 10. The one with two doubled it to four and the one with one buried it in the ground and gave back exactly what he'd been given, and the master called him wicked. And so you can see that God does not, doesn't want you to just maintain your gift. He wants you to increase your gift. And so there needs to be a development plan in place in your life. If three years go by and you're still at the same skill level on your instrument as you were three years ago, there's a problem. There's a massive problem because you've become lazy with your gift. That's going to sound convicting to people listening. It's not condemning because I'm not your boss. I mean, I'm not your, you know, I'm not your pastor. I'm not your music director. So I have nothing to do with your development other other than to encourage you to develop. But some of you that are listening to this are going to start to feel convicted because you've not been putting in the time with your gift and you're just doing it when you get to church on the weekends. But throughout the week, there's nothing being done to push you to go further and to get become greater, but that's not God's plan. God's plan is that you increase steadily until Christ returns. So if he's given you a gift, what are you doing to increase the gift? And nowadays, let me just say this, nowadays it is easier than ever to increase your gift. We have so many free resources at our disposal. Literally, I follow guys on Instagram that are killer keyboard players. I follow guys on YouTube with their own channels that are doing tutorials all the time. Um, Facebook, I'm a part of uh, Facebook private groups. I mean, there's, there's so many free resources that you can get where people will give you tutorials and show you how to do different things. And then there's paid resources where you, you know, invest in your gift. Anything worth doing is worth doing well. Invest in your gift. There are courses. There's online courses. I remember I bought a keyboard master class maybe five, six, seven years ago um, from a group that's out in California. I believe their their YouTube channel is called Gospel Musicians. And um, they put out a keyboard master class that back then was on DVD as well as you could get dig- digital downloads were like relatively new, but I got the digital download 
And it was the keyboard player from Bishop Charles Blake's church that was doing the master class and showing some things, transitions. I mean, I had to pay money, hundreds of dollars to get that, but it was worth every penny because here's one of the greatest keyboard players that we have that's been on all kinds of different albums that plays at one of the largest churches that understands um, what your gift is supposed to look like and to learn from somebody that's greater than you. So, I mean, whether you do something free, if you're not in the budget right now to pay for, for, for some kind of advancement and development, or whether you pay and do some kind of an online course or something, make a plan to develop your gift and go to the next level. How are you going to develop your voice? How, how are you going to increase your range? Are you going to, are your runs going to get better? Are your, you know, is your pitch going to get more true and better? Are you going to be holding? Is your stamina going to get better? How about on your, on your instrument? You know, is your understanding of music theory going to get better? You know, are your, are your chords going to become better? Um, and when I say better, you know, there's, there's reharmonizations that you can do. There's different types of voicings that you can play. Um, there's all kinds of things you can do to get better. Are your fills going to become more tasteful? Are you going to learn how to play the play in the pocket, um, more often? There's so many things you can do to develop. What is your plan? What are you doing on a daily basis is the question that's scheduled in your calendar that you're going to sit down, even if it's not on a daily basis. What are you doing on a weekly basis? Say you took two times a week to sit down and say, I'm going to take two hours a week to develop my gift. So every Tuesday and every Thursday, you know, the moment I get home from work or when, whatever, you know, from seven o'clock to eight o'clock PM, I'm going on airplane mode and I'm going to sit down at my, at my instrument or with my vocals sit down and begin to develop, develop, develop. And God's desire is that we develop and that we increase. So I would have done that earlier. See, mine was all based off hunger. So the only reason I was developing at the rate I was is because I had a supernatural hunger and I was just excited. I was young, you know, learning, learning my instrument, all this other stuff. But you know that the the honeymoon effect can wear off and it becomes work. So what are you going to do when the honeymoon effect wears off and the excitement you know, is not like it was when you first started picking up your instrument because that can happen. You know, so what are you going to do? You say, well, I'm just not as excited anymore. I'm more excited about, you know, something else now. So I'm going to pursue that. No, you've got to do it like it's a job and you've got to press in towards it and and you've got to develop a, a plan so that your dedication and your discipline are causing you to move forward, not your emotions. Your emotions will fail you. But dedication and discipline will never fail you. So number two, establish a development plan. Number three, um, I would have been more prepared to lead others. That's huge. I would have been more prepared to lead others. Um, And one of the things I mean by that is that I would have examined myself more closely and looked for my weaknesses. You know, what are my weaknesses? Well, back then, to be honest with you, I was a much stronger musician than I was a singer. Um, definitely a much stronger musician and definitely didn't hear harmony parts the way that I should have. The problem with that was I was the music director over the band and choir and, you know, frontline singers, whatever. So it was, it was my job. And later I got, I just got more wise. And later I just delegated that job to a lady and on our team that just had a better ear for vocals. Um, but I just, I was not working like I should have been to prepare myself to lead others. You know, I would come in to our practices truthfully, um, semi unprepared, you know, because I'd come in and I'd still not be able to hear those harmony parts 
and I would be unprepared. I would have the stuff down for the band, but for the singers, it would be very vague. It would be spotty. I'm embarrassed if some of my singers are listening to this episode because you know really what was going on now. That's the awful truth has come out to the forefront. Uh, but truthfully, I, I would have been more prepared. You know, I was in my young 20s when I started doing it. Um, actually, younger than that, I would have come out and have been about 19 or 20 when I first started. And I was not prepared to lead others in that way. You know, I should have identified my shortcomings and worked hard to fix those things and then be prepared, ready to go. It was very unprofessional. So I would, I would definitely learn how to prepare myself to lead others better. And then it's not just tech, technically leading others, but also think about the fact of leading others from a standpoint of, um, if you want to call it this, human relations or um, becoming a better leader with people's skills, You know, understanding how to deal with people. I've always been relatively good at that uh, because I really love people. I love being around people. So I haven't had to work hard to be a people person, but, um, you know, I would, I would encourage those of you that are listening. If you're someone who's not, you know, you might be more socially introverted than extroverted. Um, maybe a little bit more socially awkward. I've met those people too. You have to look at your shortcomings and just recognize what they are and say, okay, what can I do to be more prepared to lead others on my team? You know, what, what could I, you know, what could I recognize about myself that I need to work on so that think maybe you're not a good communicator and that's huge. If you're a leader of a team, you've got to be a great communicator. And, um, so I want to encourage you become introspective and say, how could I be more prepared or better prepared to lead others on my team? Uh, because if you are a leader, you know, here's the other thing, even if you're not a leader of your team, but you're a part of the team act like a leader. And I don't mean try to take over. I mean, be as prepared and professional as the leader would be. When you come to practice, you're not, they don't have to, you know, I can't believe you didn't listen to the tracks. You don't know the song we're going to do. You didn't learn the chords. No, be as prepared as the leader uh, and be as professional as the leader is. You'll be surprised at how appreciative um, the leadership of your team will be that you are that way. It makes everything easier. So look at yourself and say, how can I be more prepared to lead others? What can I say? What could I do? How could I develop my shortcomings so that I'm more effective and fruitful uh, within my teams? Number four, the fourth thing I would definitely have done differently is I would have started writing earlier and more often. I would have started writing music earlier and more often. Now, I will say that I did I did start writing. I mean, my songs weren't good by any means, but I did start writing relatively early. Um, even back when we had the youth group band, I wrote a couple songs that we did uh, with the youth. I mean, they weren't awesome or anything like that, but I did step out to start writing relatively early, but I lean more towards the more often because the more often you do something, the better you're going to get at it. You know, the more faithful you are to a craft, practice makes better. So I would have definitely, I should have definitely taken more time to start writing or even found somebody that I have chemistry with that I could write with. So for example, when I got to DCC, I spent more time writing from the year 2004 and onward because 2004 was truly the year I wrote my very first worship song that we did a lot in church. 
And from then on, I began to write songs and then connected with people who had ideas and that were collaborating with me. And, you know, um, there was a chemistry there and things began to flow more freely. And we started writing more often. I wish that I had started writing earlier and more often um, earlier on because something about writing your own worship, there's, I mean, it just, it injects your own personal anointing into what you're singing. Uh, there's just something I can't truly explain it to you other than to say, I mean, go back and listen to my podcast on why you should be writing your own worship songs. Um, I really, really encourage you to go back and listen to that episode if you've not, um, because it'll explain more in depth what I mean, because it's very hard to explain. I think I did a better job on that podcast talking about why, but there's just something about when you are singing and worshiping in your local church with songs that you have written personally that came out of your church, that came out of possibly, you know, words that your pastor has preached or things that he's released to the congregation that sparked inspiration in your spirit. It becomes a customized, tailor-made worship to your body of believers. And trust me when I tell you, it makes it that much more impactful because the body that's there where you are is going to connect to it even more fully because it's customized to the word they're receiving and it's customized to the vision of that particular house that they're worshiping in. So I should have really uh, valued that, I think, more often and earlier, the ability to write and to just step out and begin to do it and, and, and produce, produce, produce. I would, I would rather err on the side of producing a ton of stuff, you know, writing a bunch of stuff and only 10% of it being good than I would to not hardly write anything. Because see, here's the thing is truthfully, the more you do it and the more, and can I just, if you don't mind, I'll give you a little bit of a side note here is don't surround yourself with yes men and yes women. And what do I mean by that? It's a dangerous thing to just be around people who just compliment anything you do, anytime you do it. You know, that's bad. It's bad news. Um, get get opinions. Like if you're writing something, I want people to criticize it. Like people probably laugh at me when I ask them questions, but like, you know, I literally will take something I've done and I'll show it to like 10, 12, 15 different people. And I'll be like, what sucks about this? What do you think sucks? And, and it doesn't hurt my feelings at all. I want to know what sucks. If I'm writing a book, I want to know what parts are boring. If I'm writing a song, I want to know which parts sound horrible. I want to know what part of my arrangement is horrible. It's like I was talking to my friend the other day. Um, I was making some beats, and, and I was talking to a friend of mine, um, uh, Marty. He, he, he's in a group called Social Club Misfits, and, and I was making some making some beats on my uh, computer the other day. And I was shooting them to him. I want him to give me true, honest feedback. And he's like, you know, he's like, you're really great at arranging music. You're really great at uh, the musical side of things. But your actual like gr- like beats, like your actual drums and your beats and the things you've chosen, the samples you choose for your beats and drums, they suck. <laughs> like your drums suck. So like I want to hear that stuff. Like I want to know that. I don't want my friend to just be like, yeah, man, really good job. That I, lo- I really love that. But in reality, he's thinking like, man, this thing, this thing sounds horrible. I don't want that. I want the criticism. I want to know the truth so that I can improve. I can't improve what I don't know isn't good. You know, if I don't know it's not good, I can't improve it. If I think, if people are telling me, oh yeah, wonderful job, wonderful job, 
then I'm sitting there thinking like, wow, I did, you know, even I didn't think it was that great. So it's like, sur- don't surround yourself with yes men and yes women, but surround yourself with people that will be honest with you and be like, hey, here's what I didn't like about it. Obviously respectfully, but you know, they're going to tell you the truth. They're not going to tell you it's awesome if it's not awesome. And that helps you. It hones your craft. And that's why those kind of people are so important. Trusted people that will tell you the truth about what you're producing. And then it goes back to the drawing board and you make it better, better, better. And so um, I would encourage you to start writing immediately and do it often. You know, start writing music, start writing chord charts, start writing lyrics, start writing melodies, all of that. Get busy doing it. God's got a gift in you and it's there for a purpose. It's there for you to create things for the kingdom of God, to worship the Lord and to magnify him. So let me go to number five, and that's kind of a good transition because number five is I I wish I would have done differently is stopped caring what other people thought so much. And I know that sounds funny because we just covered, you know, surrounding yourself with people who will tell you if stuff sucks. Um, But it wasn't so much that it was more along the lines of I was more I had, you know, trepidation about my ability to lead worship. And if you've read my book on Hang Your Harp or you've heard me give my testimony story about how I got into worship, um, for a long time, you know, the enemy had me believe that, you know, I just wasn't great. I wasn't good. And I wasn't, you know, good enough to be leading. You know, I was a good keyboard player, but my voice was horrible and I shouldn't be singing and all this other stuff. And, um, I would even tell people like, oh yeah, you know, like I'm a, they'd be like, are you a singer? Well, no, I'm a keyboard player that sings, you know, just, I would say that because of how I felt about myself. Like you're not that great. You're not that good. And, um, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not Mariah Carey or anything like that, but, um, at the same time, I, I, God has given me a gift to use for him and I've used it, but see, I don't know what happened. Maybe it was just my faithfulness to keep going, keep going, keep going. But I remember one Sunday when it happened, it was like, I always felt like there was this, like something, it's not that I didn't have breakthrough. It's not that we didn't see the anointing flow or any of that. It's just that I felt tight. It's like, I felt like something was tying me up. Like I was inside of some sort of invisible prison. Uh, And it was, and it was, you know, almost like I didn't want to step out. I'm trying to think of the best way really to describe this to you. It was like I was very cautious. I didn't let go and become free with my worship because I was so cautious that I would make a mistake or that I would sing a wrong note or I wouldn't sing a, a line or a run because I thought, oh, what if I screw it up? Or, you know, there was there was like it was that it was like intimidation. And man, I remember the Sunday that that fell off of me and I no longer cared what anyone thought. I didn't care. Uh, and, and I'm telling you, such a freedom came on me. I, it wouldn't have mattered to me. Like literally, I could get up. And it's not that I'm not pushing for excellence. Please understand what I'm saying. But like I could I could get up and sing. Um, you know, let's say I was getting up and sing, singing a solo. Like I could, let's say, for example, I hit three wrong notes or whatever. That used to like, to no end, I would beat myself up for the next three weeks, like, what the heck? You've got problems. You need to quit. You know, it's like, uh, to the point now I get up, sing three round notes and never think about it again. I don't care. It was the anointing there where people touched was the, was the, uh, atmosphere set for miracles. That's what I'm looking at now. But I lost that like huge intimidation and care 
for what people thought or them judging me and a confidence like I've never had jumped onto my life. I remember like it happened in the middle of a worship service on a Sunday in Virginia Beach and I'd never felt like that before and all of a sudden it jumped off my life and I remember the freedom that came on me and I started singing like I mean I started just going off and I was like man I've never felt this free behind a keyboard before and I just started going and going and going and um, I'm sure it was supernatural but you've got to develop a mindset that you're not going to care about other people's criticisms now I'm talking about those that would and the thing is <laughs> I had to like really realize this even back then was that you know most people aren't musicians so if you hit a wrong note on your you know a wrong chord or something or you know pe- most people don't even catch it um but I you know I just stopped caring like what people thought about me leading worship or what I was going to do or where I was going with it and there's I'm telling you a freedom came upon me cuz really if we break it down you know what that is it's pride it's really pride that like I'm so amazing that I don't want anybody to think ne- negatively about what I'm doing. It's pride. It's not about me anyway. It's not about you anyway. It's about the gift God put in us and what he's called us to do and his anointing on our lives. So if there's people that don't like it, tough. If there's people that want to criticize, tough. I'm sure there's people that could do it better than me. I know there are. I know there are. But you know what I found out? God doesn't promote you based on your gifts. God promotes you based on your faithfulness. That somebody needs to hear that today. God doesn't promote you based upon your gifts. He promotes you based upon your faithfulness. Are there people that are better keyboard players than me? Many of them. Are there people that are better singers than me? Many, many, many people that sing much better than I do. But you know what? I've been faithful for 20 years, never stopped. Never stopped. And every and let me tell you another thing. Every time you know if you've been in any services where I lead praise and worship. Anytime I get an opportunity to lead, I go 150% in. My clothes are soaked through dancing, shouting, praising, giving God all I've got. So God knows a couple things about me. He knows, number one, that I'm going to be faithful and I'll never quit him. And number two, he knows that anytime he gives me an opportunity, I'll go all in. And number three, he knows that my gift is reserved only for him. He knows that he'll never find me playing at a bar. He'll never find me playing at a coffee house. He'll never find me playing at some theme park to make money on the side in a subway. In the You're never going to see it, you know, to pull some extra cash in. My gift is reserved for God. He knows those three things about me. And because he does, he's the only one that can bring promotion and increase. Psalm 75 verses 6 and 7. So because of that, God can freely promote me knowing that he'll get all the glory, knowing that we'll get my gift will be reserved for him, knowing that I will always give him everything I've got and never hold back. See, so God knows these things and that's why he chooses to promote faithfulness, not gifting, faithfulness, not gifting. So I want to encourage you. These are five areas. I really want you to look at your life and ask yourself, are these areas that I could be increasing? You know, do I have a warm up routine? Do I have a development plan? Am I, am I prepared enough where I need to be to lead others properly? You know, am I writing as God's giving me things to write? Am I writing write more often and stop caring what other people think people, if there's people that want to criticize, let them criticize. There's all kinds of people that want to stop you from doing what God's called you to do. They've got nothing to say. If they could do it, they'd be in your shoes, but they're not. So just, you know what? 
turn a deaf ear to anything they have to say. Don't read their Facebook posts. Don't read their Instagram comments. You know, get rid of that thought process. God will use you greatly. I'm going to pray for you at the end of this podcast that God would give you a hunger and a desire to increase what he's put in your life to the next level and to never stop moving forward. Father, in Jesus' name, for every one of these that are listening today, I pray that you would use them in such a mighty way in 2019 that their lives would never be the same and people would never be the same. Give us a hunger and a desire to go deeper in our gift and in worship and praise. Use us in a mighty way to break the yoke of bondage off of others through the power of praise and worship. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you and give you praise and glory. Amen. Listen, this is so important. I want to tell you before we sign off today, Worship Summit's coming up. We have VIP sessions, two of them this year, on two of the days. That's two hours, well, two sessions, I should say, um, that are going to take place in the... um, lunch hour and we're going to be doing lunch for you we're going to be doing vip q a session and uh, behind the scenes teaching that you're not going to get in the conference so it's only 99 dollars a person but you've got to get that price before march comes to an end because once april hits those vip tickets are going up to 149 dollars per person so we want to serve you guys the very best that we can go to southeastworship.com sign up for worship summit 2019 right here in sunny south florida and grab those vip passes it's going to be a blast i can't wait to see you guys there listen i love you don't forget until next week goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life i'll talk to you soon we would love for you to join us in a live service to find out when ted shuttlesworth jr will be near you please visit our website at www.miracleword.com 